Tonight's episode is brought to you by Leap Spirits. Not only does August bring the start of football season, but for fans of Leap Spirits and the Green Bay Packers this month, there is a special reason to celebrate as Packers legend and Leap Spirits co-founder Leroy Butler. Folks, he was just enshrined into the NFL Hall of Fame. That's right. And to commemorate the special occasion and your upper football season, Leap Spirits created a Hall of Fame limited edition bottle featuring Leroy. This special edition bottle comes with the same great recipe distilled from Midwest corn and incorporating a proprietary coconut filtering process that provides a vibrant fragrance and flavor. Not only, Dane, is it a must-have in any Packers fan's home bars as we gear up for football season, when it's gone, this bottle will make a perfect addition to your memorabilia collection. Wags, I'm getting thirsty. Leap Vodka has been recognized for excellence by industry experts from coast to coast and was recently awarded as Wisconsin's Vodka of the Year. To find Leap Vodka and Leap and Lemonade in retail store or restaurant anywhere in Wisconsin, visit LeapSpirits.com, L-E-A-P-S-P-I-R-I-T-S.com, and click on to find Leap Vodka. See show notes for details. Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will Welcome in to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. I am Wags, and as always with me is Dane. And uh, this is a little unique. Dane, for the first time, and we can't remember how long, we're actually in person. I know that, that folks, folks out, out there are going to look in. in. Not necessarily going to tell the difference, but um, I am in Dane's home studio this evening in person. And uh, Dane, we're getting geared up here for preseason week one. We've got actual football action to look forward to here. Legs, sometimes football is a game of inches. Tonight, our podcast is a game of inches because we're <laughs> just staring across uh, from each other on this uh, beautiful Thursday evening. Legs, Packers play preseason football tomorrow night, Friday. So we're recording this on Thursday night as a preview of that game. Very, very excited to see this team in full pads going against guys that aren't on their own team. It amps it up a little bit more. Sure, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, some of those guys might not be playing tomorrow night, but who gives a damn? We're going to have a lot of Packers playing football. Guys that are going to play meaningful snaps this season will be playing tomorrow night, and a lot of other guys that are trying to earn a name either on the back end of this roster or on the practice squad. I'm ready for Packer football, guys. Yeah, and that's going to be kind of the theme of tonight's discussion is, who are we most looking forward to seeing in game action tomorrow night? I know I get it. Preseason game itself doesn't matter, but I think for any astute Packer fan out there, um, and not everybody's going to tune in for the the full four quarters, and, and that's totally fine. Um, it's not that important in the grand scheme of things. But what is really cool to be able to see is to tune in and see some of these guys that might need to be contributing. 
this year um, or to see some of the progression of some of the guys that might need to contribute down the line at some point this season or next season. Uh, so I, I think that's always fun to to get that first look, especially for guys that we haven't seen out on the football field or have gotten very limited action. And so uh, and there's there's some big time storylines as we we've seen all throughout camp so far. Um, so I think we can dive right into it. Uh, but before we do that, Dane, any news and notes that you want to touch on heading in tomorrow? No, I mean, I'll tell you what, I, I thought that it was a really busy week for the Packers. Um, I thought that uh, the guy who stuck out this week was Sean Davis, a third safety for the Packers. He played great. He had two interceptions in the last practice before uh, they broke for, for this preseason game, one against Aaron, one against Jordan Love. Tweeted about it. Man, I'll tell you what, um, I don't know the last time a guy said interception on both of those guys in the same day. So, um, you know, we're going to be watching that that um, that safety spot quite a bit. And then really just paying attention to some injuries. Um, you know, it, Wags, there, there's always things that are going on. I think that the long snapper position is starting to work itself out. The Packers made a couple um, transactions, one of them being Wordle. Steve Wardle, who's the long snapper of the second half of the year, no longer on the roster. As of right now, it's Jack Coco. Packers could certainly bring somebody else in. Uh, I know you're saying, listen, you're talking about long snapper, but yeah, I mean, it's an important spot right now, and the Packers are trying to figure out their special team. So um, no shortage of things going on in Green Bay, but I really think the clarity is going to come in some of these preseason games, particularly starting tomorrow when we can see some some live action from this team. Yeah, um, special teams, it's it's going to be hard to grade just in a preseason action uh, and it's one game. But, uh, you know, some of the just boneheaded things that were happening that shouldn't have been happening at any point preseason or regular season. Um, let's see if some of those things get cleaned up a little bit. So um, do we have all 11 guys out on the field? Uh, maybe that's step one, right, Dane? Um, are they all lined up where they need to be? Are, are blocks being executed in unison? Um, and special teams, these aren't individual moves. The, you know, you're always stepping to one side or inside gaps, outside gaps, whatever it is. So it, when blocks are missed, it's not typically just one person's fault. Um, it's not oh, that guy that lined up against the other guy uh, got beat. Some of that is in play for sure, but um, it's really hard to get pressure up the middle, or it should be <laughs> really hard to get pressure up in the middle or on the edges in special team situations when you're kicking extra points or field goals or you're, you're punting the ball. So um, so some of the the things that honestly should be never have to get discussed in an NFL type situation um, that happened an awful lot last year. Um, it's the first look, so it doesn't count for nothing tomorrow. So I'll, I'll definitely be paying attention to some of those special teams things as well. And heck that's where these guys got to make their name, right? A lot of them, it's what they're doing. So they're not holding anything back at all um, in, in terms of the special team. And they're going to be, these are live game reps. It might be preseason, but they're going to go out there and try to make an impact. They're going to try to go out there and make a play and make a name for themselves for sure. Um, and um, it'll, just it's just going to be interesting to see how, how, they, how they go, go through, through that, that process. process. Uh, uh, I don't know if he'll be out there uh, in action. I didn't see if he was one of the guys that's expected to sit out tomorrow or any of the preseason games, but he, if he's out there punting, 
and you'll be fine punting, but how's he doing with, you know, holding, um, you know, so little things like that, uh, that aren't necessarily obvious to the naked eye, but if you don't notice it, that's probably the first step of a good sign of things to come. Yeah, no, that's super good insight, Wags, on the special team side of things. And I'll tell you what, um, just looking, I think that the defense is something I'm going to want to keep an eye on. I think there's more up for grabs on the defensive side of the ball. But I got to tell you, man, just just lead with Jordan Love. I want to see Jordan Love's development. Uh, I've been really looking forward to this all offseason. Um, the return so far this preseason is that Jordan Love looks, frankly, like a little bit different than quarterback right now uh, in, in a very positive way. And um, I want to see how he looks when it starts flying for real. Um, I think that, you know, we've noticed in practices, Jordan seems to be a little bit more comfortable. It seems like he's a little more calm uh, in the pocket. He seems to have a little bit more presence about himself. And I think something that maybe is the most noticeable to me, dude's letting it rip a little bit more in practice. He's throwing that ball all over. I mentioned the interception from Sean Davis. Um, he actually had Canella, one of the backup tight ends, underneath, and he decided to take a shot instead. I love that. That's not a Jordan Love that we saw the first couple of years of training camp. And right now we're watching Jordan seem to be a little bit more of the guy that I think we were hoping for when he was drafted in the first round. So I'm good on Jordan Love. Now he's got to put it together uh, and put some tape uh, uh, up uh, against some competition here. So, Wags, what are you going to be looking for out of Jordan Love? Uh, anything in particular? Because me, I want to see just kind of an overall presence. I want to see him kind of command that huddle, which, frankly, I don't think he was able to really do so much last year. I think that that's something because that that's kind of the tail of the tape from a, a young quarterback. He's going into his third year. It's time for him to deliver a little bit. Yeah, um, I think last year there were a lot, there's still a lot of detractors when it comes to Jordan, and I get it, but he seemed to have a calmness in how he carried himself on the field last year. Did he play at the level that he expects himself to, uh, that the coaches were hoping that he would? Probably not. Um, I don't think it was horrible. It wasn't amazing. Um, so it, it seemed like it was kind of at the level that you would expect from a second-year quarterback getting his first NFL action, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, so it, it's pretty hard to meet the level of expectation that we as Packer fans have grown accustomed to. And I think we really need to keep that in mind. What I'm really looking for with Jordan is – if or when he has opportunities in the red zone, how are they executing the offense? That's that's where a quarterback can really make a big difference in terms of offensive execution. I think Jordan proved last year that he had he put some drives together that the Packers were able to move up and down the field. I, I'm not at will, but they they put some drives together uh, in the action that he was out there. So uh, where they struggled was when they got into the cusp of the red zone or in the red zone of the opposition. So I think that's going to be something that the coaching staff is really going to be looking for progression from Jordan. Um, Two-minute drill, if he has opportunities, another situation-based 
where you just got to go out there, make quick decisions, make smart decisions and execute. Um, that's been one area that in camp so far, Jordan, by all counts, looked pretty good. It's still not super consistent uh, from the reports we've been seeing day to day in terms of the two minute drill. But heck, Aaron's been throwing quite a few interceptions in two minute drill against his defense, too. So um, take that with a grain of salt. Uh, but those are going to be the two scenarios I'm really going to be looking for. Dane, I was a little disappointed last year. There was, I, I think in the first preseason game, they had an opportunity to run run a, a, a two-minute drill. Uh, I think they had the ball um, less than two minutes left. And granted, it was deep in their own territory, but they kind of just ran the ball and went to halftime. And I, I just remember that vividly because I, I, I think I texted you and said, this is the preseason. Isn't that the perfect situation to to run two minute drill with Jordan Love? Why why wouldn't they do that? What was in a regular season game? I get it. Um, depending on the situation, score opponent, but in the preseason, why they bypass that? I didn't understand. So I really expect them to take every opportunity to see what Jordan can do situationally. Um, so for me, it starts with. Red zone, and then the two-man drill if he gets those opportunities, opportunities tomorrow. Folks, you listen to Lombardi's Legends podcast for a preseason analysis from pre- previous years. I'm impressed, Legs, on that. Um, another question I have with this Jordan Love situation is, are they going to keep the rushers off of him? Because the offensive line at times has had some trouble so far in training camp. Uh, Wags, something that we're obviously keeping an eye on, particularly with David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins um, not going so far, and we're still trying to figure out that out. I mean, I would expect, and tell me if you disagree, I would expect to see, you know, Yash Nyman's going to start at left tackle tomorrow night. I think that we're going to see John Runyon. We're going to see Josh Myers. Um, Lafleur's already said we're going to see those guys. Um, out there. The question becomes on the right side, I think, a little bit more. Um, I think Royce Newman will be out there. Will he be a guard or will he be a tackle? That's the, the big question mark there. And then uh, it's, is it a Jake Hansen at guard or is it Zach Tom? But I think, you know, I think we have a pretty good idea on the left side of that line. Um, Ronnie Myers and Nyman are going to be, you know, out there. Um, the question becomes that right side of the line. So, so who are you looking at? There's, you know, the Packers have not stuck to one offensive line. For very long, all training camp so far. I think they're mixing and matching. It seems like Cole Van Lannan's had a shot to get some snaps in there as well. Um, so, you know, what are you looking for? Are there individual players you're looking for? Um, and, and do you expect the Packers, like I do, to be just kind of funneling guys in and out and trying guys at different positions um, like we've seen in training camp so far? Yeah, I'd be interested to see what that rotation is. I guess I would expect to see Royce Newman get the first crack at it. It seems like that's what the rotations have been practiced and nothing's really changed uh, on that front. And then if they want to work in David Tom and he gets, I think he's going to get the next opportunity um, to be quite honest with you. Um, Cole Van Lannan um, is going to get some reps um, for sure. I, I don't know if he, I, I wouldn't be surprised though, Dane, if they, they try to, stick to a five for the first couple of series at least. And then maybe one guy gets plugged and you move Yash over to the right side. Um, so I, or, or there's a mix and match of, of something like that for series three and four. Um, 
and Royce moves back inside. So I, I think they're you're right. They're going to give a couple of different looks, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they want to give a longer look at a five and just see what that looks like. Um, and, and it'll also depend on what type of series, how many uh, reps they get in the first couple of series. If it's three and out, they might want to, maybe they change something sooner. I, I don't know how that factors in or how rigid they'll be to their plan. Um, but um, yeah, there's going to be a few different looks. Um, heck, even undrafted Caleb Jones is now uh, running with the twos. Uh, big man, 6'9", he uh, got featured in a few different articles by some of the um, uh, beat writers last, last couple, couple of days. days. Lost, Lost a bunch, bunch of weight and saying that his length and his feet are actually more impressive than what I think a lot of scouts thought. So, um, yeah, in a way of answering your question, they're going to see you're going to see a lot of different combinations. Um, but I do think it's going to be that five with Yash uh, at the left side and, and Royce Newman at the right side as the starting point, and uh, just see how they do, how they gel, what that looks like. And just take it from there. I hate to bury the lead 16 minutes into this podcast, but I've got a question. Are you surprised at all that the Packers have primarily had Yash at the left side, considering it seems by all appearances David Bakhtiari would be more likely to be back before Elton Jenkins? Um, I asked that. Will he? I don't know. That's And that's, I think, the bigger question is, um, I'm starting to think more and more that Yash Nyman might be starting at left tackle week. Um, just the, but the fact that he's getting so many reps at left tackle, because logically speaking, based on his experience in this offense and how well he played last year, you would assume they would kick him over to the right side. Um, you know, if, if um, Bakhtiari were to, to come back for week one, you would also expect him to get some reps at right tackle. Uh, we asked Yash in the offseason, and it's a different, you know, it's different than playing on the left side. So, um, you know, how nervous should we be about David Bakhtiari, the fact that Yash is uh, is primarily playing the left tackle position here throughout training camp. Yeah, he's, he's had a cup of coffee on the right side, but for the most part, he's playing on the left side. And maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I'm starting to think Yash is starting week one for the Packers on the left side. Yeah, he very well could be. I think we've, uh, I think realistically, they're preparing for all possible eventualities. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to David, I, I'm sure they're all optimistic, but the dude hasn't been able to come back and practice yet and we don't know when that if or when that's going to happen so um we'll see it is interesting though there's no doubt about it because if if it's going to happen sooner than later to your point it would make a lot more sense to be getting the majority of the reps with yash on the right side assuming that's who the coaching staff feels is the best to put in at right tackle, maybe they don't think that Yash is the number one option. That would surprise, I think, you and I and a lot of Packer fans out there based on what he did last season. But to your point, is it different enough that they just prefer to keep him over on the left side and he would be the backup um, and the left tackle instead of starting at right tackle? So I, I don't know. They're they're definitely giving a look on both sides. But Dane, I think just to fire a question back at you, how much are you going to read into the offensive line performance tomorrow, given that they're not going to be going against San Francisco's top guys? But with all this, some of the struggles or a lot of the struggles we've been hearing about in camp, 
Packers have what we think is going to be their best defensive line in years. Yeah. Um, but we've talked about this offline too. How much of that is a young offensive line that's mm-hmm. getting thrown to the fire, and how much of that is a stud defensive line? Um, are we going to find out some answers tomorrow, or we'll just have to see what happens and 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 make our own assessment? I I sure hope there's not more questions uh, after tomorrow. I think that you know, and I'm hopeful we have more answers. A guy that I feel like um, is going to be a good football player in this league, league is Royce Newman. I genuinely, sincerely mean that. I liked what Royce was able to do at parts of last year, I thought his consistency was a bit of the challenge, but I think long-term he projects well, but this is his opportunity, right? In Green Bay, I, I frankly, I think this is kind of his chance to like earn a starting spot, at least for the start of this year and, and potentially then down the road as well. So um, I really want to see what Royce is able to do at either guard or tackle. The fact that the Packers are bouncing in between those two means I think that they want to see him earn a spot over there as well over somebody perhaps like a Jay Hansen. Zach Tom's getting a lot of run, but I think that the Packers would prefer to go with a year two guy than a year one guy if, if they could. Um all that being said, I, I'm not sure if um, the right side of the line is necessarily just competing with um, the guys on this roster. Uh, we've talked about it in previous podcasts. There's a possibility the Packers had a veteran offensive lineman, uh, particularly an offensive tackle, um, if they're not seeing improvement or they're not seeing what they like out of this group right here. We've seen it the last number of years with Goody. He is not afraid to add a veteran uh, maybe near the end of his career offensive tackle to the roster, whether it's in preseason or after week one sometime. Um, so they're competing with the guys on this roster to, to be the best five, but also potentially somebody's still hanging out there in street clothes. Right yeah. Now. Can you say Brian Blogger? Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. uh, yeah. fans wouldn't be against that, I'm sure. No, I, I mean, we know who he is at this point, and, and he doesn't have really any familiarity with the coaching staff, uh, but – he does with the quarterback. Though. Yeah, yeah. And and he's he's the exact type of guy that you don't necessarily need to bring in early in camp. In fact, it makes sense to do just the opposite. You want these young guys getting as many reps as you can and just kind of see how they do and, and how camp unfolds. And to your point, it, it may not be Belaga or it, it could be a number of different guys sure. that might be out there and available, but it's easy to connect the dots when you've got a, a guy with that uh, type of connection to Green Bay. Uh, but yeah, I, I completely agree. I think they're going to run with the guys that they have for sure. See how that works, see how that looks. And um, they're going to be constantly assessing that uh, this offensive line is going to be under a microscope, all preseason long, no doubt about it. I think it's one of the main positions I'm watching. Everybody talks about wide receiver, and then I get it, right? But offensive line, if, if we're an offense that's looking to run the ball a little bit more and, and take some heat off of Aaron Rodgers, um, especially with the young wide receivers, this offensive line needs to be, you know, top-tier offensive line. So that's my number one concern with the offense. It's not wide receiver. I think Aaron Rodgers can make great guys look great around him, but he needs to have time to, to throw the ball. And everybody in their mom knows that um, the one of the biggest helps to a quarterback is being able to run the ball. It opens up the passing game extremely well. So let's keep an eye on that offensive line. Um, Wags, running back real quick, just want to touch on it. It sounds like Aaron Jones and, and A.J. Dillon will not be playing, uh, understandably so. 
Um, so, you know, we're going to be looking at some of the, the next guys on this roster. Um, you know, Patrick Taylor, our old buddy, it sounds like he's got a bit of a groin injury. So he's a little banged up. I'm not sure how much he's going to go. So let's watch Tyler Goodson, uh, the young man out of Iowa. And also um, BJ Baylor, who I think has played pretty well so far. And then the Packers brought back our old friend Dexter Williams, uh, the old Notre Dame running back who's been in Green Bay a couple seasons. And he's back in the fold, at least for this week. So um, we'll see. I think Goodson's looked really good. I think all these guys look like they can play. Um, I think Goodson has had some really um, spectacular catches and catching runs in camp so far. So, I mean, I'm just eager to see what they can do. Yeah, and Patrick Taylor definitely has the leg up yes. on winning that third spot with Kylan Hill still on the, the pup and expected to be, I think, throughout the preseason. So, hopefully he's able to come back. He may not be going tomorrow, but – um, looking forward to seeing him in some action. He played so good at the end of last absolutely, year. I, absolutely. I really want to see yeah, what he's able to do. Yeah, yeah. But it's going to be fun to to see, um, like you said, uh, B.J. Baylor and, and Tyler Goodson out there. I think Dexter Williams, maybe they'll give him a look, but I kind of expect he's probably just uh, signed to get some fourth quarter carries. Yeah, it feels <laughs> like it, Ryan. He, yeah. he's, he was in the USFL, um, you know, and I think they needed a body. He understands the offense. It makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, Dane, let's not bury the lead, though. Let's uh, go over to wide receiver. You mentioned wide receiver. You teased wide receiver. John Dorn in our Facebook chat says, up, you want to see what the receivers do? That's what everybody's here for. So um, Romeo Doves. Yeah. Uh, is it Dobbs? Is it Dobbs? Yeah, yeah. Like, we're right. finding out. Yeah. We're finding out. Yeah. But, um, you know, I saw that uh, NFL Network, Peter Schrager, uh, made Romeo Dobbs slash Dobbs his number one story for the NFL preseason games this weekend. Wow. Uh, so that's interesting. So he's, it's not just the hype that he's getting in Packer land. Um, and certainly it's making national attention now. Mm-hmm. Two weeks into camp, who would have thought? Um, Dane, we always like to self-congratulate ourselves. <laughs> I just want to point out that we were both talking about yes. after the draft. Don't be shocked if uh, if Romeo or Samari Toure uh, is the one that gets the early mm-hmm. run ahead of Christian Watson, um, and uh, lo and behold, that's exactly what's happening, and it's going to be really exciting, I think, uh, for Romeo to be out there tomorrow, um, get to line up against some opposing cornerbacks, and really see uh, what he's able to do, and I'm just hoping that he doesn't put too much pressure on himself based on what's been happening in camp and press a bit. Uh, but I'm hoping that they're able to get on the ball uh, a little bit early on, mm-hmm. get some of those shooters out and, and see if we can get one of those home run plays that they've been talking about every day at practice. I love it. I mean, I'll tell you what, Wags, I think that Romeo is playing incredibly well for, you know, a guy who just kind of came in. I saw that yesterday or maybe two days ago, Rogers and he like, we're like talking and Aaron was like helping him break down some stuff. I mean, Aaron's not doing that unless he thinks he can ball. Point blank. I, I mean, I, Aaron, he's not doing it with every And that's not a slight on Aaron. It's just like, come on, like one-on-one like that. It's fantastic. He knows they got somebody. Um, in this young man. I love the story from this week um, that, you know, Romeo has been burning Stokes. He's been, he's been giving loose some Douglas fits. So this week, Tyre Alexander had to go over and cover him up and was talking some smack to him. Um, I love that. Right? That means, and, and, and Coach Flores said, um, yeah, you put your best players in your best players in camp. 
I loved it, right? Like, you know, let the young man go. And everything we heard from Romeo, what's come out of his mouth, he's mature. He doesn't seem like the moment's too big for him. He seems to be playing within himself. So now he's got to go put everything that we've seen him do so far on tape on the big screen uh, tomorrow night. I'm excited to watch him play football. And I'll tell you what, Wags, I was at family night. And, of course, I was watching him play, right, and just kind of move. It was the first time I'd actually seen him under the lights of Lambeau Field. The dude was catching everything. He caught everything. He looked so fluid. He looked so natural catching the ball. Yeah, it's family night. I get it. But dude was, like, getting draped over by a number of defenders, and he just kept catching the ball. So for what it's worth, the eye test is there. We go, that guy, didn't. he's jumping off the, the field. Yeah, I mean, I don't think – it's one thing when reporters say stuff and, you know, here and there you're getting bits and drabs. But when all the players are saying it, when the coaching staff is saying it, you know it's for real. Yeah. Um, now, does that, again, does that translate into seven receptions for 120 yards and two touchdowns, first game action? Not necessarily. be great if that happened. Uh, but, you know, it's it's it doesn't always work that way. Um He's going to get plenty of opportunity, but let's talk about some of these other guys too, because it looks like Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins, Alan Zard are all likely to be sitting out tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we've got other guys to be looking out for. Um, Dane, one of the other receivers that I'm here to watch, and we mentioned in our last pod, Amari Rogers, um, by all accounts, is having a really solid camp and is showing some consistency. You know, he's not the story of this wide receiver group, no doubt about that. Started out with, um, he's not getting any reps with the ones. Um, so that's not surprising with the guys that he has in front of him. And, uh, but I don't know if I would say quietly, but not loudly. Uh, by all accounts, having a really solid camp and has, has um, you know, made some progression. So I, I'm interested to see what he looks like out there this year too, because not only at receiver, but he's going to be competing for one of the return jobs. Um, has he grown there? Is his comfort level out on the field? Does it look more natural? So um, those are all things that you can gauge a little bit with the eye test. And, and, and not so much did he have a 20-yard punt return, right. but what's the comfortability out there um, catching the ball uh, and going and fielding the ball and, and um, you know, his route running? Does he have a little bit more burst? Um, uh, by all accounts, we see a little bit more quickness with the way he lost. Um, so I, I'm really looking – to seeing Amari Rogers and seeing if he's someone that might be able to contribute. Randall Cobb is still going to be ahead of him in that same role, but I would like to see Amari Rogers pushing for some of those reps. Um, and that way we're not having to ride Randall Cobb quite as much as we were last year. At this stage in his career, I would prefer to keep Randall kind of, you know, stashed away mm-hmm. and, and break in case of emergency. Not saying he won't playing every Sunday, but maybe not quite so much. Yeah, you got to move the chains, right? Get yeah. out Randall Cobb because he's going to get you the third. Yeah, yeah. Can we, can, can Amari Rogers fill some of that role um, and prove that he should be, he can be out there in some of those situations that we've had to count on Randall Cobb uh, quite a bit in the past. It's a critical preseason for Amari Rogers. I, I, I don't know how else to put it. I mean, yeah, they invested a third round pick in him, but um 
I do not think his roster spots guaranteed right now oh. at all. Uh, not with who they have in there, not the way Juwan Winfrey's been playing. There's a bunch of other guys playing well too, by the way. Um, but um, I think that Amari, you, you mentioned it with the uh, the punt return. They're giving him first crack, I think, at that punt return job here. But um, I feel like Rico Gafford, the cornerback, turned wide receiver, turned cornerback, he's breathing on Amari's neck with that punt return job. And by the way, he can, he's a 4 40 guy who can fly down the field as a special teams guy across the board. So, um, you know. And he's he's a Coach Pisacchia guy. Uh, we can talk more about that later, but are, are, are those guys getting a, a little bit of additional boost, too, because of that relationship? It, it probably doesn't hurt, and that's not taking away from any of them individually. Um, so, We'll see how that translates out there as well. Yeah, and it sounds funny, right? We're talking about a corner, right? We're talking about with Amari, but the reality is there's only 53 spots. And I really think that whoever the primary punt returner is, it could come down to those two, and it might just be one roster spot for one of those two guys, especially with where the wide receiver position is. But, I mean, we're rooting for Amari Rodgers. I know some Packer fans are down on the guy, but it's like we invested a third-round pick. He seems like a good dude. Um, I think he played really well in college. So it's like, let's let's go get a job, right? I mean, we're, we're hoping that he can do enough to earn a spot, um, especially where you mentioned Randall Cobb's not the youngest guy out there and injuries happen. And it'd be really nice if Amari could maybe step up uh, in, in moments this season. So we'll see how that shakes out. I mentioned Juan Winfrey. I'm curious here. Like, I mean, he doesn't play as much of a slot which I think is, um, you know, could be a problem not being a special teams guy, but he just plays well on offense. Aaron Rodgers singled him out as another wide receiver. So he's another dude that I just want to see what he does because do the Packers keep six receivers? Do they somehow stash seventh guy on there? Uh, and, I mean, if, if Winfrey balls out all preseason, I don't know how you cut the guy. I just don't know how you do it. Yeah, or maybe he's someone that the Broncos would want to trade for. I mean, he's, he got drafted by them. Obviously, Coach Hackett would be familiar with Juwan, and they just had some pretty significant injuries as well to their receiving core. So um, he may get featured. And, I mean, if he really balls out, why would they trade him? Right. But um, if he's kind of a fringe guy that they say, well, he could contribute, but to your point, maybe not a core special teamer, um, then he becomes a little bit more expendable, especially if he has value for another team. Mm -hmm. So um, definitely something to look out for. Dane? Really quickly, or maybe not quickly, depending on how you want to approach this. Talk to me about a tight end. You're yeah. looking forward to seeing out there tomorrow. No, I mean, I think that this is a really deep position group. I don't think Mercedes Lewis is going to play a snap. Obviously, Robert Tunyon's on the uh, on the, the pup list right now, so he won't be playing. I don't think he's going to start the year. We got to see what Josiah DeGuara. I want to see what he's up to. They played him on family night a few times at fullback position, along with Dominic Daphne, not at the same time, but they both played kind of that fullback role at different points. Um, DeGuara a little bit more. Uh, but, you know, I want to see DeGuara, see how they're using him. Um, I, I would argue Tyler Davis is locking in a, a position. He, he's a good special teams player, but more importantly, he catches the ball well. He's a good blocker. He's just doing his thing. Um, I think that the Packers kind of have their eye on their top four right now, with Mercedes Lewis, DeGuara, uh, Tyler Davis, and Dominic Daphne. I really do. I think that's their four going into the season, uh, barring some kind of injury um, that's significant there. But um, I, I tweeted it out, Sal Canella. Um, for whatever reason, some dude just kind of sticks out to me a little bit. Um, he seems to be a smooth route runner. He's kind of doing the things that you want to see a guy do 
a little bit. So I'll watch him, um, you know, as a, maybe a deeper cut, if you want to, you know, so, so, so to say, uh, I'll be paying attention to him. But overall, I want to see the guy that we invest a lot in, Josiah DeGuar. I want to see him ball out because I, I think we know what to expect from Tyler Davis. He's going to play pretty good football, uh, very good football, I think. Um, same with Dominic Daphne. You know how much I love that guy. So uh, can DeGuar kind of lock in a role in this offense? Because I feel like he and Daphne have kind of duplicitous skill sets to a certain extent. And so far in their careers, I would argue Daphne has been a little bit more productive. Yeah, for sure. I, I I love that. So that's great. And Dane, you've always had your pulse on this tight end group. Tight end so area. absolutely. Um, we've got some questions coming up in the chat. So it, thanks. Um, uh, please keep loading some up. I think we got a couple of good questions in there. Yeah. yeah. So we'll get to those maybe a little bit later. Before we do that, though, and uh, move over to some of the players we're looking forward to seeing on the defense side of the ball, I think we should talk about our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings is the official sports betting partner of the NFL. And uh, football fans uh, right now are really excited about DraftKings because um, they've got the next generation of fantasy football with Rainmakers Rainmakers football. First ever, first ever NFT fantasy, fantasy game, game from DraftKings. Draft uh, it is the only NFT fantasy game licensed by the NFLPA. And now you can play all season for millions of prizes for free by building the ultimate NFT franchise. So right now, everyone can get their first full roster started back for free using our promo code TPPN. So, Dane, tell us a little bit more about this. I just love it. It wanks. The future's now. I mean, I remember when we started off in fantasy football, you and I, years and years ago, 20 plus years ago, um, maybe we had like one provider for fantasy football, maybe two. And now, you know, there's so many options out there, so many fun things to do. But the draft is changing the game again with this NF. Fantasy football and Wag said it, folks. Use promo code TPPN and, and, and get in there and play this. It's so much fun. I'm so excited to get involved in this. Uh, it, it's groundbreaking. It's brand new. Uh, you know, I'm going to be playing. It's just going to be a heck of a lot of fun again. Folks, go to DraftKings download the Darn app, and use promo code. That's right. So build, play, win only at DraftKings. Contest entries dependent on type and number of NFTs held. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. All right. right, So, Dan, jumping over over to the defense. 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 Who's number one one for you in terms of what you're looking forward to seeing out there? Well, well, I would say Rashawn Gary. I don't think he's going to probably be playing. But but I'm just – I want to see what Rashawn's been up to because he's been so good in camp. Um, but you know what? It's a good question with, with some of the kind of the, the premier quote unquote guys probably not playing. This is, this may sound interesting, but like, I want to see the whole outside line. Uh, Cause really we know Preston and, and Rashawn Gary are going to be out there playing ball wags. Um, the question becomes who's three through five. Uh, and I say that cause I think it's almost a guarantee the Packers carry five pass rushers going into the season. So, you know, I, I look at it and I really, really, really am curious about Tipa, 
Um, you know, I love Ladarius Hamilton as well. I think he, I, I think he's going to be the third pass rusher going into the season. Actually, uh, Ladarius Hamilton, I think he's a really good football player. Uh, we brought him in at the, the start of last year. I believe he came in a week or two into the seasons, if I recall correctly. But ever since he got added, I've been really excited about him. Um, and and you know, we talked about Jonathan Garvin as well as a guy who's been around for a while, still a really young guy. Um, so, you know, somebody that I think a lot of Packer fans are going to be keeping an eye on as well. Um, so, you know, across the board, you know, look at some of these guys. I think Barre as well, the rookie. Uh, I believe he's a fifth-round pick. You know, there's a lot of guys out there. Um, I feel like the guys that have really shown in camp so far have been Ladarius Hamilton. I think uh, Tipa has been really, really good as well. And, um, and you know, probably Jonathan Harbin. I think that those are kind of the top three guys. So let's see who's going to differentiate themselves now against other NFL offensive tackles that aren't in the green hole. Yeah, that's great. Um, for me, it's their first first-round pick, Kawhi Walker. Yeah, um, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing him out there on the field. Um, how how explosive is he? I, you know, um, we've heard all the reports. He's having a great camp. He was with the ones in OTA. So, I mean, this is not, you know, a fresh thing. He's been out there. He's starting, folks. Um, And uh, so I'm really, really anxious to see uh, what he looks like out there in his first game action. Uh, Another guy from another position group, um, our boy, we had him on last season, TJ Slayton, by all accounts, having a great camp. And that's a great, great story uh, for this team because – this defensive line is really good as it was, but when you've got a young guy like TJ Slade coming into his second season, I thought he showed some flashes at points last season of what he can do and how he can be disruptive. Uh, but uh, if he's able to build on that and get into the rotation in even Tyler Lancaster type of role in terms of the snap count, and he can – playing at he's, he's he's a bigger guy um honestly more athletic um can be a, a little bit more fluid um and uh, like i said can be more disruptive in both the run and the pass quite frankly than, uh, than tyler lancaster was able to do i just think he has more upside so if he's able to make that step um he's not going to be pushing i don't think to be starting but that that allows someone like a Devontae Wyatt to be able to come along a little bit and, and progress. Um, and maybe we don't have to lean on him uh, to play quite as many snaps. No, you could say, well, why isn't he ready? He was a first-round pick. Um, and I think he's going to get out there on the field. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see him in his first action as well. But um, I, I want to see how this year to jump from TJ Slayton really translates out there into game action as well. You're speaking my language here. I actually think, you know, maybe I shouldn't tip my hand. We'll probably do something like this later on in the, <laughs> in the before the season, whatever. I think TJ Slayton's like the breakout candidate on defense this year. I do. I, I mean, I thought last year he came on and played well and well and better and better as the season progressed. It seemed folks like last year, Slayton in very limited run always made an impact. Every single time you look at the stat book, you're like, T.J. Slayton played five snaps and he had a pressure. T.J. Slayton had a tackle. You know what I mean? Like, he just just kind of showed up. Um, And and last year, I thought Tyler Lancaster, as Wags kind of alluded to, kind of 
uh, cut into snap, uh, snap count for TJ a little bit. This year, no longer there. I just think that TJ Slayton can play inside. He can play a little bit more outside. He can do a lot of the things the Packers are going to be asking him to do. They're going to be rotating a lot of big guys in and out. And I just think that TJ Slayton's got going to take it to kind of that next level. You can't expect young guys to stay and plateau. I think Slayton is a perfect example of a guy who's just going to be better in year two. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, at the cornerback group, Dane, uh, I, I could. Yeah. Te- I'm going to tee you up on this because we've got a number of guys: um, Jair Alexander, Russell Douglas, Eric Stokes. Those guys are written down in pen, etched in stone, however you want to put it. Short of injury, they're not going to get supplanted in any way. And quite honestly, um, whoever's behind them may not see the field at all right. on the defensive side of the ball. But that being said, I think it's an interesting competition, and we're going to – a number of these guys are competing for that dime corner spot, that fourth corner, as we've seen over the years, is pretty critical because chances, chances are, are – hopefully there's no significant injuries to any of those three guys, but chances, chances are one of them might get dinged up at least minimally for a week or two and or a half or whatever it is. And we're going to need someone to come in and it could be a crucial situation and who's going to be prepared and ready to do that. Um, So Dane, I I mean, we're looking at, uh, you said Rico Gafford is one of them that's fighting. Um, Shamarjean Charles, Kayshawn Nixon, um, Kavion Ento, um, you know, Keanu Thomas, you know, there's, they're all of those guys. Who's going to pop? Who's going to stand question. out from that group? Because as far as I'm concerned, all of them have a, a basically an equal opportunity to, to make a run and make a jump at making this 53-man roster. Yeah, it's a really good point. And I'll tell you what, um, the first couple, few days, few practices, Keyshawn Nixon had been injured. And he just kind of got back out in the practice field this week. And I'll tell you what, um, I'd never really watched him play other than a little bit of YouTube, right? Just because I'm not a Raiders fan. Um, I love how he carries himself. He's got that swag. He's got that kind of that, he plays with an attitude. He's clearly a very physical cornerback. And uh, even though he's been hurt for a little bit here, now that he's back, I feel like he may have an inside track on that fourth corner back position just because he kind of just plays like a dog. You know, like you see guys sometimes you're like, oh, that guy's just kind of filthy out there. He's one of those dudes. So I'm really excited to see him because we he's been more limited than a lot of these other guys. I haven't seen him play in pads very much. So now to let him loose. And mind you, um, none of the top three corners, Jair Stokes or Azul Douglas, are playing tomorrow night. So we're going to get a long look at a lot of these younger cornerbacks. So Keyshawn Nixon, very excited to watch him. KB Ento has been on the team now for a number of years, Wags, but – he just can't stay healthy. When he plays, he's very, very skilled in the preseason, but it always seems like he gets hurt. Um, so, you know, last year, again, I think we hit him on the practice squad for a while there. So I'm curious to see not only, A, can KBON continue to perform the way we've seen him perform in past the preseasons, but B, can he stay healthy? Because that might give him a leg up, especially if the team clearly hasn't given up on him. Yes, he's the count. That's a long Big cornerback. The Packers love those kinds of guys. Uh, I like Keandre Thomas. Keandre, you know, has been able to undercut some passes in camp so far. He's a he's a fast player. He plays really fast with the pads on. So curious to see him. Dante Vaughn, even uh, late addition to this team. 
Um, but a guy, number 34, but a guy who, you know, um, has been playing with some fire there. I mean, I can name all of them. We've already talked a little bit about Rico Gafford and then, and then Shamar, right. He was a draft pick last year. Um, somebody who last season when he was drafted, some folks talked about, Oh, he might supplant Shannon Sullivan. Clearly that didn't happen. Shannon played the entire year. Shannon now in Minnesota. So can, can Shamar, um, earn, earn a spot because I don't think it's a guaranteed spot for him either at this point. Yeah, he was a draft pick, but he was a fifth-round pick, so is he going to be able to show? I know the coaches really like him, um, but I haven't seen a ton from him yet in camp, but that doesn't mean that that's not going to change now. But, but it's all that to say, we touch on all these guys, flip a coin at this point. I think that the, maybe no other position group is more up in the air behind, you know, kind of that top three. I would say the pass rushers and also this cornerback group Behind the starters, it's all about training camp for these guys, and it's all about these preseason games. And I think that the guys that play the best and show the best over the next few preseason games are going to be the guys that are on this roster coming forward. Yeah, that's, I think, a great breakdown and all of those guys. and I mean, you started with Kayshawn Nixon, and he was the first guy that the Packers signed after Coach Pistachio yeah. came on board. And he was kind of his number one guy in some ways that was available, at least. And um, by all accounts, when they signed him, was not just known as a special teamer. Um, he's He's been getting time out there on that defense for the Raiders. I think when we look at defense tomorrow, the reality is preseason, the defense is definitely going to be more vanilla. I yeah, think totally. so. <laughs> don't be worried. I'm, don't worry. Yeah, I'm not going to read too much into it. Are they, are they making uh, sound plays and, you know, making breaks on the ball and tackling and, you know, uh, flying around. I think that's the main thing that you're really looking for. It's just effort execution. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not, we're not going to see them dialing up any exotic uh, schemes or packages. <laughs> it's unlikely. Uh, let's just put it that way. So um, it, it's really more just reacting to what the opposing offense is doing than it is really trying to, to, to be proactive or preactive and making something happen defensively. Uh, so it, it, it definitely favors offensive side of the ball, I think, in the preseason. And um, uh, so that said, I am definitely going to be excited to see all of these guys out there. Yeah. Sure. Um, Dane, we've got uh, one question that I really wanted to hit on uh, earlier in the chat. I think it's an interesting, and it's not too early uh, to ask this, the 86 and our YouTube uh, chat asks only 53 spots. Do you see any spots? Any spots for the regular season? So I'm going to tee that one up. Tee that one. If you had to, if you had to pick a surprise, versus the position group, or a surprise that stands out to you, that would A, classified as a surprise, B, there would be justification, justification or it would be maybe realistic. realistic. And I'll just say, not that you fully expect it to happen, but that could fit the bill being a surprise because it seems like that does usually happen every year. Yeah, it's a great question um, because it does seem to happen a lot of times. I look at a position of depth and maybe maybe not cut, maybe traded, you know, when you're, you're starting to swap. I could see Dean Lowry. He, he, he makes the most logical sense. Right? Like that guy I was going to say, too. The finances, he's a little bit more expensive on the more expensive end compared to a lot of the other guys that, that maybe aren't starting on this team. The Packers are deep 
right now at this defensive line position. And if our boy Jack Heflin or Jonathan Ford, the, the you know late round pick, if one or both of them show and are showing the way way you know like Jack, Jack is the way he played last preseason, then then he might he might be the fifth defensive tackle, and Lowry, Lowry might be. Yeah, it's about depth. It's about role. Um, and it is about finances. Uh, if they cut him, that could free up some money. And we saw last season, sometimes having that extra four or five million to work with yes. throughout the season can, can make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to be a time this season where we're going to say I, every year we're clamoring for free agent du jour that's out there um, or a trade potential trade partner du jour. And um, usually we don't get the, the big name guy that becomes available, but uh, nonetheless, um, yeah, I think he fits the bill as the surprise guy coming into the final year of his contract. Um, never did get uh, a, a contract adjustment, which was a little bit of a surprise, especially last year when they were doing so many uh, manipulations for contracts. And Dean Lowry and Aaron Rodgers were the only two guys uh, with some of those bigger deals that they didn't they didn't really do anything with their contract. So and you can never have enough defensive linemen, right? Yeah, so it's it's yeah. great if he's on the team. I'm, we're not advocating for it, but it's just. We didn't, have, you know, last year, if it's really tight, we might not bring in Rizul Douglas, right? Like things change really quick. And yeah, we're not, they're not all Rizul Douglas just kind of hanging out. Uh, but that being said, bringing guys on from other teams, the way the backers are able to do. Uh, Goody likes to tinker. He always has. We've seen that over the last few years. And I don't expect that to automatically, like, change. It's just not going to happen. So they're going to want to have a little extra money. I'm just not sure how they're going to do it. Yeah, and it kind of makes sense in the long term, too, because – Two of the guys you mentioned, I mean, it could be anyone, a young guy. It's, do you keep Dean Lowry knowing that they're not going to bring him back after this season? And we've got other guys that are ready to fill that role. Oh, and then, by the way, then you can keep a younger guy that you really like, continue to develop him. Maybe he doesn't get that much time. He's not going to necessarily play as much as Dean Lowry would have. But you've got other guys. You've got other guys. Uh, so I, I think so I, I that's think clearly that's the clearly thing I guess on the offensive line. I don't really see anyone no, just because we've got a, a lot of young guys and, and the guys that are, are older when we come back. So uh, yeah, maybe if Ock and Ellen Jenkins were guaranteed back week one, then maybe we'd see an offensive line movement. But I just there's no way they're getting rid of guys right now. I, I agreed. Uh, and there's just really no other position groups. I would have said Sammy Watkins, but it seems like he seems to be in. Don't you think, Dan? I mean, he's not playing this week. And uh, it, the, the comments that both Rodgers and LaFleur made about him, even back into OTAs, um, I, it seems like Sammy Watkins is spot is pretty comfortable yeah. uh, at this time. So I, I don't see that really uh, transpiring unless something – really different happens. No. Be shocked. Be yeah. Shocked. yeah. No, I mean it's it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch. And we haven't talked quite a bit about the safety position yet, but I just I want to see what we mentioned Sean Davis at the top, but also Vernon Scott, you know, who's been playing really well, I think, so far this training camp. Um, and in his gains, Gaines has been playing safety. He's also been playing some slot harder too. And and you know he puts up uh, some special teams, he could be in the mix as well, right? So, I mean, the safety group, uh, they had brought in another uh, Versace guy as well, uh, Dallin Levitt, 
uh, who was in the Raiders the last couple of years in safety. So, you know, there's a lot of competition there as well. Yeah, I think Sean Davis has been getting a lot of the attention. Burns got a little bit more lately. But do not sleep on his gains because, I mean, they're playing him all over, not only at safety but also corner, and he has special teams ability. So they clearly are trying to find a spot for somebody like him as well. Yeah, Dan, look at us. Uh, we said we were going to talk about a few guys we were looking for. And we just went up and down the roster. I think we named every guy in this team for now. Listen, folks, if you can't get more in-depth preseason uh, previews than, than what you're getting here, so, so um, hopefully you're well prepared for the game. And even if you don't listen to this before the game or the whole thing before the game, maybe get a little, a little listen after and, and – uh, Give us a shout out for all the things that we said, right? And don't mention don't anything mention. that we made. I'm not going to ask you for a score prediction like we normally do, but I am going to ask you who's going to be the player of the game for the Green Bay Packers. We always do, folks, in the regular season, we do big cheese players of the game. So, Wags, I ask you, who is going to be your offensive big cheese player of the preseason week one? <laughs> okay. I, I, I hadn't even thought about this. No, so you're 100% putting me on the spot. I'm just going to go with Jordan Love. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of a cop-out pick quarterback. Um, in, in the regular season, we would never – Aaron Rodgers is kind of – Ineligible for, for this recognition. Sorry, Aaron. sorry. Let me just start. He just is. He's too good. He doesn't get it. I mean, unless he has like one of those six touchdown type performances, then then we can throw him a bone once in a while. No, I'm just gonna say Jordan Love. I, I I think I would like to see him go out there and just have a crisp. Uh, performance, um, go out there for two, three quarters or however long they're getting out there for and uh, put together some some nice drives, put some points on the board, maybe a couple touchdowns, maybe he'll get one with his legs. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm ready to see that. We quiet some of the doubters. And um, I think it would just be good for Jordan to put together uh, some solid game action. I, I think he definitely has the ability to do it. And by all accounts, the developments, progressions coming. And so it's just a matter of kind of what we talked about at the top. How can he execute two minute drill, red zone, uh, when he has those opportunities? And uh, that's what we're really going to be looking for. Love it. Sorry, Tori, for me. Nebraska guy, seventh round pick. He's looked good in camp. I like him. He's going to score a touchdown. That's my prediction. Okay. I love it. <laughs> I can't believe we're really doing this right now. I mean, what are we doing right now? Have fun, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that's awesome. So, okay. I'm just taking a quick scan. I don't see anything else in the chat, but um, – Dane, I think we'd better sign off yeah. before we lose all our listeners. We're hitting, we're hitting an hour, but folks, <laughs> football's back. Packers playing San Francisco. Let's have some fun. I know it's preseason, but hey, we're here for it. As always, be legendary and go, go Pack Go! Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't the best sport, and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will.